Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise busy lives. If you've enjoyed this podcast over the last two months and feel like others might as well, feel free to hit pause and either rate or review this show so that others can find it more easily. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. In case you're not familiar with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, on the first Sunday of each month, we as a church fast for 24 hours and donate the money that we would have spent on food that day or more to help take care of those who are less fortunate. It's pretty cool. As part of this, during our main church service, rather than having a set agenda of speakers and music, we open the pulpit up to anyone who would like to share their testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the congregation. Also very cool. So yesterday in my church, a friend of mine named Jalil got up to speak. He's been going through some serious health challenges that will likely result in him not being able to continue to work as a nurse anymore, and has made it very difficult for him financially to support his family, in addition to just feeling terrible a lot of the time. While at the pulpit, he talked about these challenges, but the focus of his remarks was not so much on his challenges— but on the opportunities he has had to share the gospel as a result of his health complications and the lives he has been able to touch that he might not have had he continued working as a healthy full-time nurse. He shared with us his faith in God and his desire to be an instrument in the Lord's hands. It also just so happens that Jalil is what we call a convert to the church, meaning He made the decision to get baptized and become a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as an adult, now more than 20 years ago. So as I was listening to him speak, the thought came to my mind that we as a congregation just witnessed a miracle of God, and we may not have all realized it. Let me explain. In the Book of Mormon, in 2 Nephi chapter 26, Nephi is in the middle of a pretty epic prophecy of the future. We've been talking about this for the last couple episodes, in case you want to go back and listen to those as well. In Nephi's discourse, he talks about the need for all mankind to, quote, be convinced that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, and that he manifesteth himself unto all those who believe in him by the power of the Holy Ghost, yea, unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, working mighty miracles, signs, and wonders among the children of men according to their faith, end quote. So the way that we are convinced that Jesus is the Christ is that he manifests himself to us by the Holy Spirit through mighty miracles, signs, and wonders, according to our faith. In other words, as we begin to learn of Christ and start to have the desire to believe, Christ is able to start showing himself to us through the Spirit. As this begins to strengthen our faith, we see more manifestations of Christ and Heavenly Father in our lives and the world around us. And this positive feedback loop continues as our faith in Christ becomes stronger and more central to who we are, leading to the eventual conversion of our heart. Except there's a problem. There are people and influences in the world that are trying to stop us from seeing the miracles of God in our lives. We read a couple chapters later that, quote, They deny the power of God the Holy One of Israel. And they say unto the people, Hearken unto us, and hear ye our precept. For behold, there is no God today. For the Lord and the Redeemer hath done his work, and he hath given his power unto men. Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. 
For this day, he is not a God of miracles. He hath done his work, end quote. Now, most of us probably don't have people actively telling us to stop believing in miracles, but it's easy for us to gradually convince ourselves of this. We see loved ones getting sick, people losing their jobs, natural disasters claiming the property and lives of those around us, worldwide pandemic diseases killing thousands, wars ravaging countries around the world, and we may think, where are the miracles? Where is God in all of this? Or we read the accounts of miracles in the Bible, of people being raised from the dead, water being turned into wine, the feeding of thousands with a few loaves and fishes. But we don't really believe those kinds of wonders could occur in 2020, do we? We may even stop asking priesthood holders to give us blessings when we're sick, because perhaps we don't really think we need it. And so as we stop seeing the mighty miracles, signs, and wonders of the Lord in our lives and the world around us, it's easy for our faith to become somewhat stagnant or even start to fade away. So as I was listening to Jalil speak yesterday at church, I realized that the greatest miracle of all is the conversion of one of Heavenly Father's children to Jesus Christ. In the book of Moses, God tells us that, quote, This is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Jesus teaches us in the Bible, quote, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And John tells us, quote, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, end quote. Heavenly Father is trying to save the world through mighty miracles, signs, and wonders, but he does it one person at a time, by sending his Spirit to convert the hearts of his children one by one. I remember some of the miracles that God wrought in my life to bring my soul to Christ. In 2006, I was on a road trip around the country with a friend of mine in his car. We had just spent some time in Missoula, Montana, where I grew up, and we're now heading south on Highway 93 over the Lost Trail Pass into Idaho. Well, as we headed up that mountain, our car began to have some serious issues, to the point we had to pull over. The car just couldn't make it over the pass. Neither of us knew anything about cars, so our plan was to turn around and use gravity to coast back down the mountain, back to Missoula, where we would have a free place to stay at my mom's house while we figured out what to do with the car and what our next move was. As we were about to get the car turned around, another car pulled off the road ahead of us, and a car mechanic stepped out and asked if he could help us. He banged around under the hood for a few minutes and told us we were good to go. We made it to the top of the pass and started heading down the other side towards Salmon, Idaho. And immediately, the issue with the car started up again. But since we were already over the pass, our only option was to coast down into Idaho. Well, we ended up getting a tow truck to pull us the rest of the way into Idaho Falls, where we connected with my friend's long-lost relative, who happened to be the senior missionary in charge of the Idaho Falls Temple Visitor Center. And the rest is history. Now, it turned out our car's transmission was completely shot and had to be replaced. And in reality, we should definitely have turned around while we were on that pass and gone back to Missoula, in which case I would never have been exposed to the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. But God had worked a miracle and inspired that car mechanic to stop and help us and get us over that pass into Idaho. 
It cost my friend $1,500 to replace his transmission in Idaho Falls, a steep price for him to pay for my eternal salvation. But a couple weeks later, as we pulled into Atlantic City, another miracle happened, and my friend won exactly $1,500 at the blackjack table, which paid him back for the transmission. I could go on and on about the mighty miracles, signs, and wonders that Heavenly Father brought to pass in my life in order for my heart to be converted to Christ. But perhaps one of the most significant was that first copy of the Book of Mormon that I received in Idaho Falls. It spent the remainder of our road trip buried on the floor of the car. But then I took it with me the next month to South America, where I was backpacking around the continent for a month. As I climbed around Mount Fitzroy in Patagonia, I wrote in my journal, quote, Up to Mormon's chapter in the Book of Mormon. It's actually entertaining to read. I feel like I could believe it if I just let myself. End quote. A couple weeks later, lost somewhere in the Chilean Andes, I wrote, quote, I'm really into this Book of Mormon. For some reason, it is making a lot of sense to me. I'm going to try to decide what I believe after I finish it. End quote. I read the entire book that month, finishing the last page as I pulled into the Mendoza-Argentina bus terminal, where I would connect to a flight to come home. In my journal, I wrote, quote, I finished the Book of Mormon has definitely made me see my life differently. Not sure what to do from here. I want to lead the good life it calls for. I just don't know if I can believe right now. Hopefully Jesus is patient. End quote. Without any contact with real people, the Spirit of God was working a miracle in my life through the Book of Mormon. Two and a half years later, I pulled back into that same Mendoza, Argentina bus terminal with a new copy of the Book of Mormon in Spanish in my hand and a name tag that said Elder Sanford on my suit jacket as I began a two-year mission to help Heavenly Father work mighty miracles, signs, and wonders in the lives of those living in the Argentina-Mendoza mission. So as we look around struggling to see the hand of God in the world we live in, I challenge you to look at the many souls and hearts of those around you, including your own, that have been converted to our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to then see the mighty miracles, signs, and wonders that Heavenly Father has worked through all of us to bring more of his children back to him and to bring peace and happiness to our corners of the world. Thank you for joining me today as we work to identify the miracles of God in our life that can help strengthen our faith in God and give us the determination to continue to make the decision to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ, today.